if I had any control over my ADD, it would probably be the most useful superpower in the universe. But I'm fighting it like I want to do things and it's preventing me from knowing even how to start. Or there's something entirely different that I need to be doing, but what should take 30 minutes can take an indefinite period of time. That's Jamie, executive vice president, problem solver, mom, and organizing tornado. Recently delivered from a long bout of postpartum depression, she joined us by phone to chat about seeing color again and reclaiming her crafty cravings. I'm Amber, and here's Angelica with our weekly chat. Hi, Jamie. Hello, ladies. I'm so glad to talk to you, Amber and Angelica. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Chatty Crafties. Yeah. So we are changing up the format of our show just a little bit to make it more organized, streamlined, and um, also bring Amber onto the show a little bit more, which I have been begging her to do. So you are my husband's cousin, and we got along so well just from the start. And I believe it was over food. I, the first time I met his family, you were like, hey, you want to help me cut up some stuff in the kitchen? And <laughs> like just brought me in. Um, and we obviously don't live in the same city since this is a phone call. Um, but we do a lot of collaborative art yes. or have done collaborative art, I should say. Um, we have FaceTimed crocheting stockings, droopy stockings. I will try making anything, even if the Christmas stocking turns out seven times the size it was supposed to be promise yeah. I followed the number of stitches exactly and it didn't seem like they were that loose but it's the biggest Christmas stocking you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> you and I blogged together yeah so when I started blogging um it was when I was trying to get pregnant and I realized that you were a journalism major? Am I making that up? You wrote in college. I did, so I was editor of my high school newspaper, and then I went to college at the University of Missouri of Columbia for a year as a journalism major, and realized in short order that I didn't actually want to be a journalist. Oh um, sure. But yes, I when I initially went to college, it was to it was for journalism. So when I started blogging, I was like, hey, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. I think <laughs> you would as well. Um, so we became blogging buddies where we traded uh, blog posts on each other's site weekly. Um, so fun. It became something that we shared for a long time, was, like a couple of years. Yes. Pretty much immediately, one of your first posts, you got a WordPress. You were pressed. You were freshly pressed. Yes, that was so crazy. I, I was so jealous about <laughs> like I had been writing for so long at that point and then you're like here's my second post oh it went viral <laughs> it wasn't even one of my original stories because I would write about my ADD craziness just mm -hmm. the inside mm -hmm. of my head a lot it was a review of Hunger Games that got freshly pressed yes yeah and I mean it was a very well written um article and you you mentioned ADD a second ago and so I wanted to kind of talk to you about that like how does ADD hinder interfere with help um your creativity okay so you know how 
ants leave a scent trail so that they can follow all follow the same path to and from a food source and back. I love where this is headed. I, I do now. <laughs> and if you wipe your finger or anything, water anything that destroys that scent trail, the ants will start to scatter. Okay. ADD is the interruption <laughs> in that scent trail. And you never know when it's going to hit, and you never know when you're going to end up. And sometimes it takes you to places of enormous creativity and fun and that's Mach 322 which is sort of my own inner joke I have this joke that my inner child is a demented ballerina and when my I have certain levels of ballerina tutus like Mach 122 I'm still relatively in control and adulting and like making sure the bills get paid and Mach 322 is when I show up at work with my hair and pigtails and I'm wearing Elvis sunglasses and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I am currently learning about electrical wiring in 1970s houses and how to find circuit breakers. And, you know, that's useful knowledge, but probably not when I need to pay the car insurance. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's a project I want to lure you into to do with me on FaceTime... You're I'm very there, easily lured. Yeah. I, I, all, I will jump right in with both feet. <laughs> yes. So we're going to start out by all three of us just kind of talking about our inspiration of the week. Mine is I sat down with Matt's 98-year-old grandmother this weekend for her birthday, um, and I asked her about... Um, like her sewing and she kind of told me about um like patterns that she would get and how it was just so intuitive for her and that basically everyone that like at the time made their own clothes and it was just a given that they would um that she would just do this that she would make her clothes for herself her family and her kids and like she had so much fun picking out fabric and and that my mother-in-law, Jan, won Best Dressed in High School, which Ooh. is incredibly adorable. I'm trying to internalize just how natural it was for her to do this really intensive um, thing by making everybody's clothes and just, you know, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the pattern together and I'm going to get the fabric and I'm just going to make these outfits and just, you know, see what I can apply that to. I don't know yet. Cool. Oh, that's wonderful. It was really sweet. I think that that really speaks to like really good modeling. Someone told you about their life. This ties into my inspiration of the week. I've been reading a book called The War of Art oh. by Stephen Pressfield. It's all about the um, the professional versus the amateur artist and just the work ethic of the artist in the world. And the quote that I walked away with from the book is that the best thing that one artist can do for another is to set a good example. And really, that just means work. Just go work. Do work. Do the work. Don't give in to your laziness or your resistance or whatever it is. If you had to, like, take responsibility for your life at the end, you want to know that you did the work. Yes. So 
Yes. Yeah. And I have a second one that I'm going to bring in because I was just talking to Jamie here about her 1970 home. Her aesthetic is mid-century modern. She's got a lot of stuff in boxes, so we're going to call it mid-century cardboard. Um, <laughs> but if you are interested in that aesthetic and you're, you're looking forward to restoring the house to its original glory, there's a book for you called The House Book. Oh. It's by Terrence Conran. He was a huge designer and from the 60s and 70s. And there's a book called The House Book that is just an enormous compendium of beautiful, dense photos. It's heavy and it's got a ton of random um, architectural mock-ups and just beautiful photos of conversation so wells so and amazing. conical fireplaces. Yes. And I mean, it's just like it's <laughs> dripping in heavy, saturated color. Oh, Ben so and I much love stuff. Those. It's so much porn to look at. Yes. This book is amazing. Ben and I find books like that at uh, Recycled Books here in yeah. the town that we live in. And we pile up in bed at night and just like, go through and look at all the old living rooms and parquet floors <laughs> it's really really fun yeah um my inspiration for the week I came across yes. after quite a long period of time uh the poem courage by Anne Sexton and I've been mm. thinking on it as the week has gone on because it was one of those things I read in high school you know, AP English, those sorts of exercises and just sort of forgot about and then life happens and life is so big and it crossed my path and there's these little bits in it that keep crossing my mind of, uh, you know, it's in the small things we see at the child's first step as awesome as an earthquake and then later it says your courage was a small coal that you kept swallowing Um and it talks about just life and how you constantly, constantly have to reach back and find your courage and just take the next step. Be mm -hmm. it making clothes for your entire family from a pattern and hoping for the best and then the wonder that comes out of it when your daughter gets best dressed at school or having the courage to get up every day and just do the work no matter how badly you want to just bury your head in the covers, just do the work. Um, you find it and you do it and you make it, you know, to the next bedtime and the next morning and the next bit of work. And anyway, yeah. that's been my inspiration lately is just moment to moment, no matter what the fire is that needs to be put out, just find that courage, unswallow the coal and do it. That's excellent. Wow. I love it so much. That was a real tidy. Yeah, <laughs> Tidy collection of inspiration. Well done, ladies. Um, well, let's get to the questions then. Um, what kind of creative things are you into, Jamie? My primary creative outlet is cooking. I love food, and that's what I go to more often than not is just what do I have and what can this turn into to make everyone feel happy and have full tummies? Uh, but I also love um, crocheting and sewing and painting. I have made some attempts at like slight woodworking projects. I'm not going to call myself any kind of skilled hand. 
Um, but I enjoy it, and um, I like, what all do I like? I, I have always wanted to be able to do pottery, but I cannot. It does not agree with me. It is, I made a dinosaur in the first grade that looked exactly <laughs> like the pinch pot that I made in the 12th grade. <laughs> um, but really, I just, anything that is going to solve a problem or create flow and convenience where it didn't exist before, then I will try it. One thing I've never done is scrapbooking, though. I haven't tried that one. I love it when other people do them, and I love, like, the final product. I am always looking at the shortest, the fastest um, way from point A to point B, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And so for that, for me, that is digital photo files. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, then I'm off trying to organize something else that is taking up space on my floor. Um, and, yeah, I'm always, really a lot of my crafting comes from my, my process of organizing or just a need that be, needs to be filled. Um, we touched when I had a chance to talk to you before on the binky bag, um, which is was just a quick little bag that I sewed up um, that ties onto the edge of the crib so that you can put a handful of clean binkies in there for those middle of, sorry, pacifiers. Mm. For anyone that doesn't call For you binkies. laymen out there. Yeah, like, I mean, because... And it, as it turned out, Gabriel never took a pacifier. He just <laughs> wouldn't do it. But Audrey does. And now I am. And she's how old? She's 15 months. Gabriel is older, correct? Yes. He's roughly four and a half now. Cool. So when Audrey came along and actually used pacifiers and was throwing them out of the crib all night and waking me up at 2 a.m. because she couldn't find it. Bam, binky bag right there, full of inkies, and I can just hand her one and go back to sleep. What a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so, or having scrap yarn left over. So when you buy a coffee cup for the car that you really love that scalds your hand every day, scrap <laughs> yarn, make a cozy. And <laughs> those are the kind yeah. of projects I most often find myself in. Yeah, problem solving is a very sexy way to get myself inspired or motivated to get crafting. But I do find that once I find that I have a problem that needs solving, it is it has a, you know, a set of tertiary problems that also need solving and then I have to figure out which one is, you know, top priority. Yes. And then, you know, suddenly it's 4 a.m. Yes. I have to wake up in 2 hours and I've got 15 projects started and I I wonder where when am I going to get organized yes. as a personal organizer? When am I going to figure this shit out yes. so that I know where to start, when to stop, and what to do next? I'm relating so hard. There's also the making a bigger mess so that you can make it not ever a mess again. Mm -hmm. um, there's I have that going on in my bedroom right now. I decided that things needed to change uh, in order to everything to have its place where it's going to be until we remodel the entire bedroom, which has resulted in, I can give you a count, 
two laundry baskets of clothes that need to be donated. The dresser is filled with books and tapes that need to be donated. <laughs> and there are seven boxes in the corner of the I don't know what, but this needed to not be on the bed pile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, I'll, I'll give you as much, uh, as quick a tip as I can, but it sounds like you're really on the right track. Um, when I walk into someone's house and, you know, it's a, it's a real sad sob story. I know quickly that we can make three piles. One is the definitely keep find a home for pile. One is the outbox, which is the pile of things that you don't know what to do with yet, but that you definitely don't want to have on display or that you don't need at arm's reach. Mm -hmm. And the third pile is the fuck you, I'm done with you pile. <laughs> You're, it's the pile that just doesn't get to stay. So it's a trash bag, basically, or a pile of trash bags. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a way to very clearly, perhaps in every room, know that there are going to be three piles in any given room, and they all need attention, and they all are clearly you know, designated so you know exactly what belongs where, and then you have the, that middle pile, the outbox, that you don't have to decide on right now, but that definitely needs a second eye on, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, um, you should be able to slowly start figuring out where and how and what to do next. Yes. You know, I think probably as moms, we can all relate to the easiest thing is going through the kids' toys. Because yeah. that fuck you pile, you know what it is before you even get started. <laughs> and those are the things that are outgrown the quickest. Those yes. are like the kids' books even. Or the ones that like they loved that didn't have an off button and you just waited for the battery to die so <laughs> that they would lose interest. <laughs> Why don't they ever die? I've got this I've got a, a remote control that is a super grover. It's got like a, a um, it has like a night's visor that comes up and comes down and there's a button that you push and it, it works the whole thing. And there's number buttons. Someone gave this to me after it had been heavily used. And I said, this is wonderful. She's going to love it. And yeah, she did. And it sits on her shelf and talks at the most frightening times of the yes. night. Yes, We had a turtle like that. Yeah, it's a trap. But, you know, <laughs> you did it to yourself. Yes. And it's the most wonderful decision you ever made. Yeah. Oh, Gabriel in particular, he's such an active kid. This is the same child that took our vacuum apart at nine months old. All right. So we need to have things up out of reach with nothing that he can turn into a ladder of any kind. I want to do something creative with the walls, like where the walls are... Like, if the storage is going to be up high, something interactive and distracting below that, like a chalkboard wall or a Lego wall or, Ooh. you know, so that wow. there can just be maybe be a big bucket and he can build out from the wall or, I don't know, I want him to be able to have a creative outlet and not just a, a room and not just a place where mommy's put my stuff up high. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you then, you want to do the kids' rooms first because I think probably you interact with them so much and it's a, you know, it's a problem that you imagine you have somehow created for your kids and now it's up to them to solve it, but they're not going to solve it. So of course it's your problem. What about the notion of putting your mask on first and your life vest on first and, and taking care of your space first? How do you feel about that? Uh, 
You know, um, it really does tie into an organized home. All of my time now is caught up in work, cleaning, and childcare. This is what I assume normal people's lives are like, but like you put your kids to bed, you pick up the house, and then you go to bed, and then you wake up in the morning and you have like a decently clean house. I assume that that's mostly like how people live. That's not how I live. It's <laughs> by the time it's bedtime, all I can do is just fall into bed and whatever has to be dealt with has to be dealt with at some point the next day. And yeah. um, that also has to tie into whatever the kids schedules turn out to be and whatever my work schedule turns out to be. So st more structure in time management, I think will allow me to find more times to do things for myself and crafting is one of those things that I love and I just get out of my head and create things that I feel make my house a more peaceful centered place and I love that it's something that I made for our home and for my family. Jamie I want to I want to um, invite you to go on this fantastic journey with us. And I want you to imagine that both of your kids are in school and you've been able to spend, you, you took a day off of work. You've been able to spend that day catching up, getting things into their place. And you have carved out one solid hour of your time before you have to pick your kids up. Your house is clean. What are you going to do? Uh, alter all my t-shirts. <laughs> with a serger, a regular sewing machine? Yes, my regular my my regular little sewing machine. So I have broad shoulders and then like a medium sized t shirt waist. And I just recently learned <laughs> about buying t shirts to fit your shoulders as opposed to your torso. And it makes the hugest difference. And so I've been acquiring a shirt inventory that fits my shoulders, uh, but they're sort of drapey. And I just, that would just be the most wonderful time to sit and just nip in those sides. Excellent. And, and have, <laughs> have a wardrobe <laughs> that fits properly. Um, but that's my selfish uh, wish for, like, just being able to not think, just throw something on in the morning. Um, if I was going to do something that was super creative and I had all the supplies and a clean house, I would go back to painting. I would. Ooh. Uh, I've always wanted to learn to paint with oils. Um I've only done um, acrylics heretofore, but uh, years ago, Ben bought me an oil painting book, and I was all set to buy an, a set and everything, and then I got pregnant with Gabriel, and I just sort of kind of forgot about it for four and a half years. I just have this daydream of being able to sit on the back patio, not necessarily painting scenery or anything, um, but just sitting outside hot tea, and coolish weather. I do have a very appropriate floppy hat 
<laughs> to set the scene. To, yeah, like I am. I am to ready. Get in costume. Yes, I'm ready to have everything look like I know how to paint with oils. <laughs> but to sit out there <laughs> <laughs> to fake it till you make it. Yes, um, but just go out there with a canvas and just start mashing some stuff around. That would be a whole afternoon of just tea Ooh. and color. Sounds like heaven. Yeah. So plunging deeper into this fantasy, do you think when you're when you're out there painting, are you painting for yourself or are you painting for the the finished product? Oh, you know, I don't know. Um probably it would be a dabbling of both. Whenever I draw, I have a tendency to just do a bunch of different lines and then see what they turn into, and that's always so fun. Like, I accidentally mm-hmm. drew this dinosaur. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can absolutely see myself doing that initially, especially with oils, because you can do the craziest textures. Um, and I just would... start with your dinosaurs. Yeah, just, just mush it up. Just mush pile and see what comes of it. But also, um, I really love... Uh, medieval Japanese art and I would love to try to recreate some of the depictions of samurai even starting to work with watercolors and trying to um, do my own interpretation of some of the pieces that were done of geisha and things like that I I just um, really love the technique that Mm -hmm. has been used and I would love to play with that and I think that would absolutely be a more finished product focus because it's supposed to look like a certain style and Mm -hmm. not just me mushing paint into dinosaur shapes (laughs) yeah (laughs) the last thing that I did that was crafty crafty was I made half a car seat cover Right before I went into labor. Half of one? Oh. Yeah. And it is it is still half a car seat cover. I ended up using a different car seat cover. Um, but I made the curtains for his room. I made the binky bag. I made the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy pillow. But that was my last big, like, mm-hmm. craft boom. Nest. Craft nesting. Oh, my gosh. And you can get so much done in a day. Yeah. It's nesting. If they could figure out how to take whatever causes that <laughs> and put it like in an IV drip or a pill version. Yeah. There's some hyper-focus in there. Oh, it's so, oh, it feels so good. Yeah, for sure. You can do anything. So the other side of that is having the kid and then sometimes postpartum depression. You said that you were suffering from that with Audrey. I did. That hit me um, really hard. Um, And, you know, I was surprised at how quickly it hit. And Ben noticed it before I did. And I thought it was that whole part of that first two weeks, you know, and your milk's coming in and you're just a wreck and you're not sleeping. And I was like, no, this will go away. This will go away. And it didn't go away. And in fact, it just got worse. And, um, I ended up having to take medication for it. And, um, then the medication, once my postpartum started 
easing up on its own, the medication itself started causing its own set of problems, but I did not realize it for several months. So I didn't start feeling better actually until here recently, even though I stopped taking medication for postpartum depression in April, just before Audrey's first birthday. Um, It took, because the medication caused, and it was actually Matt, um, my cousin, cousin. Angelica's husband, uh, that helped me figure out part of what was going on because he explained to me that sometimes a medication can cause what's called brain zaps. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's basically, if you've ever had a really high fever and you feel like you have vertigo and like... Every time you move your eyes, you're just, like, kind of wobbly and zappy. It feels like an electrical jolt. Um, it, fe- it felt like that, and I kept feeling like that um, off and on, especially if I would forget to take my medication. Um, I f- told my doctor I thought that the I was feeling the need to sleep like 18 hours a day. It was ridiculous. I couldn't stay awake. And I finally went to my doctor and I was like, I really believe it's the medicine doing this and I don't want to take it anymore. And he was like, well, prepare yourself for a roller coaster ride. And it took months for all of that stuff and all of the side effects for trying to get off that medicine to leave my system. It was, it was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even imagine what it must feel like for someone that is trying to come clean off of, like, recreational drugs must feel like. But if that's even a fraction of it, to be able to accomplish that feat, um, so much credit is due to them. Because I was in sheer misery. And I couldn't think. Like, all I could do was just the next thing that has to be done like change a diaper yeah, and like how do you set mortgage, aside time for someone. creativeness for that kind there of self-care any. because you're just barely functioning at that point that was it my whole world was grayscale for a really long time and I'm just now um I feel like I came out from under a rock and I remember the first day when I felt joy over because I've always been one of those people like I love a good sunset. I love it when like I was telling Angelica this the other day in the winter limb structure of trees. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's one of the most beautiful things in the world and I could sit and look at it for hours and not talk and be completely happy. And I love it when a flock of birds un- unexpectedly flies and front of my car I feel this really intense rush of joy at just the beauty that just chances across your path sometimes during the day and I remember the first time I noticed the leaves on the trees in a really long time and that in turn made me cry just happy tears but just being able to feel some level of emotion and appreciation and not just be like go to store, clean the house, (laughs) you know, where you're just being able to enjoy my time with my kids. Like I was hanging out with them and paying attention to them, but I didn't even have the creative ability to like engage in spontaneous play. It was like, 
I will build Legos with you. Yeah. And following Gabriel's lead, but I was we weren't. I wasn't telling a story to go along with it, which is something I'm normally really good at. I make up songs mm-hmm. out, out out of what we're oh, doing. Yeah? Uh, um and and I couldn't do it. I couldn't even read books. Yeah. Just even the base the base level of creativity involved with just What's yeah, going? like going about your day, much less making something. Yeah. It was it was all around like making sure everyone stayed alive and we had food in the building. Yeah. That was that was it. There was there was nothing else. Do you feel like you're on the other um, side now? I do. Um, I've had some health problems lately that have caused me to like kind of feel like this postpartum thing won't let go of me. Like it's still pulling on my mm-hmm. legs. Um, but you know, I'm as far as being able to see myself in the mirror. Yeah. For day of the dead, I want to go to a sugar skull painting class. Mm, That sounds Um, really good. Yeah. There's just little things I've been looking to do. Um, and you know, a lot of it I've just done with the kids we're always together so you know we make like I was playing outside with Gabriel yesterday and we made a mud ravine and decorated it with sticks Mm -hmm. and made leaf boats and it's little small victories um but anything that I can do that's not just a structured being the adultiest of adults um I do now uh making up stories with Gabriel, building Legos, um, creative home solutions. <laughs> um, wow. It, it does, Angelica. You hit a really solid point there. Being being able to be creative when you haven't been able to get out of your head kind of helps you ascend above the... I don't even know what to call it. Maybe maybe we don't have to call it anything. I think anyone who's yeah. been in your position understands what it is and probably doesn't want to know what it is either. <laughs> I'm really glad that you brought yeah. that up about Legos and playing in the mud because that is a huge creative outlet. If you're able to shut off the bill paying and the cleaning and just play with some sticks, I think that's a huge freeing feeling, especially if you can really dial in and be with your kids and like follow their line of creativity. Mm-hmm. I think oh that's my a gosh. big relief. Talking to a four-year-old, <laughs> any four-year-old, just pick one. Yeah. Most creative creatures on the planet, and they'll take you through fifteen different universes in thirty minutes. Right, and to be able to engage with them, and and not just like you know, be in the same room. To be there with them, yeah, on their level is reminding you, teaching you, um, <laughs> just how to be a kid again. Which I think. When we did our kid interview episode, um, was so enlightening to me because I just I forgot how intuitive it was. I forgot what it was like to just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I do art and it makes me feel really good and you know I I just really like to explore these colors, and so it's just kind of fun to get back to I, I do it because I like it. <laughs> Yeah, don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, and anything can be anything. Yeah, 
There are right, no rules. Exactly. Well, speaking of rules, hey, we're going to lead you down uh, a little game that we did once before when we interviewed each other. It's a speed round. Yeah, don't get too excited. There's no prizes for this game. <laughs> and there's only a couple of them. There's a handful of questions, and I'm going to start with something, and we'll keep a little beat. And when you hear a... It's time to go to the next question, oh. <laughs> and that is the end of your answer. Ready? So we'll say that no, you get... this is not oh, my strong Oh, yeah, suit. get ready. It's, <laughs> you get about three to five seconds to answer these questions. They should be yes or no, so don't oh, worry yeah, about don't, it. It's not a long okay. answer. Okay, do okay. I go? Ooh, minor key. Here oh. we go. Look out. It's going to get spooky, September. <laughs> Speed round. Hit it. Coloring book or glue bottle? Coloring book. While making art, are you possessed or dutiful? Dutiful. Do you feel comfortable sharing work while working? Yes. Critique in the moment or much later? Much later, much later. Okay, Comic-Con or Renfest? Oh, Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Self-taught or formal training? Self-taught. Do you freeze or fake it till you make it? Fake it till I bake it. That's it. That's the speed round. You did it. That was so easy. Yeah, you actually went through that way faster than Amber and I did. Oh, God. We blew it the first time. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So now we're at the question of the week. I think that it's a a perfect episode to um, touch... To, to bring this question back in, our last guest was AC, and his question... <laughs> yes, you know him. The question was, what are your barriers to being creative? So, Jamie, can you answer for us? My barriers to being creative are A, time. I have really heavy responsibilities, and they have to be taken care of before I can allow myself to sort of like creativity for its own sake and for my own sake is a bit of a reward when everything else is done. You know, that is like almost exactly what Loscomotive said on our Instagram um, post about this question. Loscomotive said, I like to blame it on not having enough time, but honestly, it's more just laziness. I have no discipline. And when it comes to delayed gratification versus immediate pleasure. Yeah. So I can really feel that. Um, and it's actually something I think I may, I feel a little bit hypocritical about because I think I'm pretty sure I've recommended this exact thing to friends and not done it for myself. But there's something to be said. Um, it's kind of the work smarter, not harder concept. Mm-hmm. But having a creative outlet, doing something that's just for yourself, that settles your mind and your body, allows you to move into the weight of your responsibilities with a better version of yourself. Um, and honestly, to not find a way to do that for yourself yeah I can understand that that would be seen in your own mind's eye as being a bit lazy um and I could accuse myself of the very same thing like if I if I really settled down into it I could make the time to 
try out oils. Uh, I just deem through my own prioritization everything else to be far more important than having that creative outlet for myself. I'm actually, I just had an inspiration listening to you talk because I think if I'm going to sit down and grant myself that, you know, 45 minutes with a slice of pie and a cup of coffee, because I hope I do that in my fantasy when I sit down to watch the show next, I'm going to have pie and coffee. I hope that I sit and before I turn it on, just write down on a piece of paper, like I'm choosing to sit down and spend this time with myself in a quiet way and just veg out instead of doing the toilets and instead of refurbishing my vinyl chairs in the kitchen, which is like both things I really want to do, but I'm going to give myself a pass. Yeah. And just like own that and, you know, keep that as a habit to let myself know that I'm making this choice and it's worth making the choice and it's worth being mindful that I'm making a choice. Yeah, because I mean... Yes, and not feeling guilty about it. Sometimes our to-do list is way heavier than than our would-be-nice to-do list. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you have 10 piles of laundry and you're like, F that, I'm going to, you know, color in this coloring book, our families would probably look at us like we're crazy. And so sometimes it's just getting back to neutral good (laughs) and having enough time to do those things for ourselves. Um, but I think that we can get there and when we do get there, just noticing what our distractions are that are keeping us from them. If I work in the house, I am distracted. I'm distracted by leaves that came in the door. I'm distracted by clothes that are inevitably left by every member of my family just on the floor. I'm distracted by the bed that isn't made, you know, if I wasn't the one that got up last. But if I'm out in the office where it's only work, be it fun work Mm -hmm. or, you know, open envelope studio work. That's all I can do in here. And so if you have a space in your house where that's the only thing you see, you're more likely to stay focused on that task. You know, your to-do list for that space is really only, hey, I've had this project that I've wanted to work on. But... You know, it's also okay to say, I'm not going to work on this project because I really just want to sit and read this book a little bit longer. And eat this pie and drink this coffee. Yeah. Like that's. Or the ever present and looming nap. Oh, please. Naps aren't real. (laughs) Who knows? I don't act like naps are real. My two year old doesn't take naps. (laughs) Not if I'm around. (laughs) Oh, man. No, if I nap and I wake up, I'm in bad shape. I actually nap in my office. Oh. That's the only place I can nap in my house. Yeah, well, there's a bunk bed in your office. Yeah. So. And I, I lock the door. So <laughs> well. if the kids knock, I just, I, I won't answer the door. Mm-hmm. And I'll text Matt and say, get the kids. They're waking me up. <laughs> we answered the question of the week. Do you have a question for our readers for next week that you would like an answer for? I would love to know more about people's closet disasters. Okay, it's official. So that's that's your homework, listeners. We want to see your most shameful photos of your most shameful organizational traumas in your home. <laughs> and if you yeah, and if you I mean, if you have found a solution, bring that into the world. Let us know. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, because that's design, y'all. If you healed yourself or if someone healed you, please tell us how it happened. 
<laughs> oh. I need your I have, help. I have a quick answer. <laughs> don't have closet floor. Ooh. I don't have closets in my house. Yeah. yeah. So there's no closet. Okay, we'll start away. with your we'll start with your photo. <laughs> yeah. Because that's gonna be something we can all not drool over, no, but but understand. Yeah, and, I don't have room for things besides the drawers and the clothes. There's just literally nothing mm. else. Kids can't hide in there and like pull shit out and do whatever they want to with it. Creeps. I'm not saying it's a perfect solution. It's just <laughs> it's I don't have a messy closet because I don't have a closet. Um, <laughs> They're mutually <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, they are. They are. Here's well, the moment for shameless self-promotion. What would you like to throw out there for the world to check out? Well, I have um, two things, if that's not too shameless. Um, of course, Texas Fence Supply, which is my family's company based here in Dallas. We're a supplier of residential fencing supplies. We do have a website, www.texasfencesupply.com. It's me and my dad, Dennis. Um, we are happy just to answer questions even. So if you are working on replacing the fence in your yard, that is what we do, and we are happy to help. Um, the other thing that I would like to promote um, is the Bearded Monk. Yes. In Denton, Texas. Uh, it's the um, Craft and Growler location and all-time fun place. Um, that my brother-in-law, Ben Easley, owns and my husband, Ben Webster, manages. And it's um, just off the square just, in Denton. Yeah, right across the street from the post office. And it's just it's just a great place to be. Music, art. Um, we're in what's called the Beer Muta Triangle, <laughs> which is three. Uh, there's a brewery right across from us and then another bar um, behind us. And the um, Austin Street food truck lot is, like, in the center of the Bermuda Triangle. Delightful. But, yeah, it's it's a, just a really good, fun place to chill. And you should check it out if you're ever in Denton, Texas. It is really lovely. If you want to go and get inspired, get a little self-care time, and then go home and do some fun project. Pick up a growler to yes, go. which is just so <laughs> baffling to me. In Austin, there's... There's like drive through um, daiquiri yeah. kiosks. Yeah. But what are you guys doing? Are you just filling up a Who container? said you could do this? Can I, can I do this in my house? Yeah. Just drive it back to Austin, right? That's okay. You know, I want to... I actually want to promote something, too. Because we talked about postpartum depression, um, there is, for new moms, if you don't know about it, a podcast called The Longest Shortest Time... And it covers so many mm. aspects of parenting and so much, um, so many episodes that I have heard have been about that first, you know, the fourth trimester where there is every possible scenario you can imagine. And, you know, they try to touch on a whole lot of them in the episodes. And really, if, you know, if you've struggled with or if you are thinking of struggling with parenting, <laughs> please listen to this podcast because, you know, it, it'll be a friend to you when you're really, really tired <laughs> and you need something to keep you awake that is sort of uh, on topic for you. So please or, do check it out. Or fall asleep, too, if you are so inclined for a nap. Mm, good luck. Just float in your mm. ears. Um, okay. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? I am the pragmatic crafter. Girl. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. 
And I didn't work in that alliteration after all, even though I truly... So my sister, Katie, and I, um, we, w- we had the car giggles one time on a road trip home from a conference that we were at together, and we came up with this concept of alliteration addicts anonymous. <laughs> and Katie actually had t-shirts made for us one Christmas, and the front said alliteration addicts anonymous, and the back said we wear white on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> oh, that's man. good. That's good. Yeah. Well, pragmatic crafter. I like it. Well, thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This was so much yeah. fun. And thanks to our listeners. And we hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. Please follow our lead and post a photo on our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook of your terrible closet. I mean, bad bad closets only, please. If you have designated bins for things, we want them exploding. Feel free to leave some encouragement for Jamie to get into those oils, and please send her a Mary Poppins if you have one lying around. Our music is by her cousin, Berman Swale. Check him out on Facebook, then find us at chattycrafties.com. Our show is just waiting for you to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, so go ahead treat yourself. This episode was produced by me, Amber Moreno, and co-hosted with my crafty comrade, Angelica Norton, right here at Open Envelope Studio. Thanks for listening. Now, go make some art.